Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Camp of the Hills 20 for 20 podcast, where we're going to get to talk to some of Camp's most influential directors, leaders, and facilitators from over the past 20 years. For more information about this amazing 48-hour fundraising event, please go to 20-for20.com. That's 20for20.com. Seriously, guys, thank you so much for your love and support. Enjoy the podcast. Now, before we get started, here's a quick message from Drew and Michael. Have you ever served at Camp of the Hills? If you have, you probably remember the heat, the hard work, walking up the hill, and that sparkling, crystal clear water of Lake Travis. We are excited to say, in 2018, we have committed to paying our counselors so they can come to camp and focus on serving and loving the kids. To kick off these efforts, we're hosting a 48-hour fundraising event that we're calling 20 for 20. Why 20 for 20, you ask? Good question. Well, as we said, it's been 20 years since camp has been in a position to pay our counselors, and we're asking everyone who has ever served at Camp of the Hills to give $20 to this great campaign. And there you have it, a $20 gift and dedication of 20 years of kingdom service for our counselors. It's that simple. Over the past 20 years, we estimate there have been more than 5,000 individuals who have served at camp in some capacity. Counselors, summer staff, kitchen staff, volunteers, work groups. Our goal is to spread this campaign throughout the interwebs and reconnect with every single person who has ever served at Camp of the Hills in hopes that they will give us just $20. Of course you can give more. If we're successful and all 5,000 people give just $20 though, then we'll raise $100,000 and have enough to pay our summer staff in 2018 and beyond. So maybe, maybe to start off with, um, why don't you tell us just kind of a little bit about yourself? I mean, even kind of where you were born, where you grew up, just a, just a brief bio of yourself and how you first got connected with camp. Okay. So um, I grew up at Westover Hills Church of Christ, um, and I think uh, my faith really kind of took off and I got real passionate about service and, and mission opportunities when I was in college um, at Texas A&M and pretty involved with the Aggies for Christ program there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was when I first learned about Camp of the Hills. Um, I actually got involved because the Aggie Hype Ministry, which ministers to um, some youth around the college station area, uh, Bryan College Station area that um, live in maybe some lower income mm-hmm. neighborhoods. And, um, you know, we kind of serve these kids uh, throughout the school year and then take a break from serving them during the summer when all the college students are back home or on mission trips or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do uh, sponsor the hype kids to go out to Camp of the Hills for the summer. So I thought um, it would be a great opportunity to just um, be able to continue serving them, uh, even if it's just for one week yeah. um, during the summer. And, uh, so I did that. My first summer was, uh, the summer between my sophomore and junior year, uh, which was 2009. Okay. And so, uh, that's kind of how I first got involved, uh, working at Camp of the Hills. And that, that was your first summer at camp? Yeah, serving so, as a counselor. So Drew, would have, he was the director that, that That was summer? his first summer as director, okay. yeah. So did, did he ask you to... To go out there, or did you just kind of want to because you had been out there before? How did you, what, what kind of made you decide to want to be out there? Yeah, I think it was probably um, 
I think the biggest influence was just a few of the other people in Aggies for Christ that were um, involved in the hype ministry and also involved in Camp of the Hills. Mm. So uh, Kyle Westbrook, who I ended up living with for a couple of years in college, um, had served the year prior out mm. at Camp of the Hills, and he was pretty influential in uh, bringing me along for 2009. Okay. And what, what was that first summer like? Uh, I mean, so you were you had already been working with hype with Aggie hype. Oh, right. Is that right? Uh-huh. So did you know, were there kids from College Station and Brian going out to camp that summer in 2009? Yeah, so um, we would actually, um, within the Hype ministry, a lot of the volunteers would fundraise to sponsor the Hype kids um, to be able to go out to camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so we usually would send about 40 kids from the Hype program out, and then, you know, I had the opportunity to be their counselor. Yeah. Uh, that summer. That's cool. Yeah. So, um, are there any are there any um, memories that stand out from that very first summer? Whether even training and orientation or anything, campers or anything that stands out from that summer, or even if you just remember like a specific feeling, like were you overwhelmed or excited or? I remember it was definitely out of my comfort zone uh, to start with. Um, I actually only did half a summer that, that summer, 2009, but still just the idea of, uh, you know, spending four weeks in a place that I wasn't real familiar with, mm-hmm. um, was, seemed kind of a little bit overwhelming to me. Um, and, you know, I think even at the end of those four weeks, I, uh, I was still kind of uncomfortable and, and wasn't really, you know, excited to, be thinking about coming back the next summer mm. uh, and it really wasn't until drew asked me to serve um in one of the leadership positions for the next summer that i thought maybe it would be worth coming back for, for so is that more summer. in your comfort zone like being in a leadership position um i wouldn't say that's the case i think um it just felt like uh that was a opportunity to serve camp in maybe a bigger way that serve more needs um, at camp, I think Drew really felt like you know having me on board in in one of those positions would uh, really benefit camp, and, mm. or he convinced me of that. And so, <laughs> yeah. I I'd so yeah, I mean, we we don't know each other very. I mean, I, I, I've met you once before, so we don't know each other really at all. How would you um, describe your your personality? Are you a more quiet kind of would you rather have a one-to-one conversation and time with people or more outgoing or do you like being up in front of everybody? Um, tell me a little bit. About yeah, that. without a doubt, I'm, I'm more of a, a private person, pretty uh, introverted and, mm. and um, you know, I definitely prefer uh, those small groups as, mm-hmm. as opposed to big groups and, and being out in front of people. And, um, and I definitely you know, enjoyed, um, I, I think I was at my best serving the campers when it was more of a one-on-one interaction than, yeah. you know, kind of. Yeah, that's really interesting because I've, I've, you know, I've, like I said, spent three summers out at camp and I, I like to be loud and, you know, be crazy <laughs> and be up in front of people doesn't bother me. But I've also, in, in the times that I was out of camp, realized and noticed how um, people who, who are quieter and softer and really enjoy 
and appreciate the the one-on-one really serve in a very special way and really bless kids and campers in a way that um, the the loud, crazy people maybe aren't able to or sometimes just don't, you know. Sure, and uh, vice versa. Vice, yeah. yeah, both ways. And so how, how did you see... How how do you see God using that? That because He designed you that way, He gave you that, and that's a really special thing. I'm I'm just imagining what percentage of those kids that were campers don't ever get that genuine one-on-one time with with an adult or, or a mentor or a big brother or sister that really cares about them. Where mm-hmm. camp, they would get that from someone like you or from an, another counselor who really enjoys that quiet one-on-one with them um yeah um i think in you know situations where we had campers that were maybe a little bit more challenging to work with um Mm. they had rough stories and rough backgrounds and, and came out maybe um out to camp really angry or or confused or whatnot and um you know sometimes we'd have just kind of uh, behavioral issues with them or, or um, just a little bit of trouble uh, getting them to follow instructions mm-hmm. and, and do things in a way that kept everybody safe and, yeah. and that sort of thing. I think um, through my work at Camp of the Hills, I was able to kind of develop um, a real strong patience with those campers mm-hmm. um, and be able to... Um, you know, when when they were angry or when they were um, wanting to fight somebody or something, being able to really uh, de-escalate mm-hmm. that situation yeah. and, and uh, kind of pull them off to the side and just have a chat with them and, and let them cool off and then be able to work with them to figure out how uh, we can handle that better next time kind of a thing. So. Yeah, that calm, peaceful presence. Yeah, you definitely have that. Yeah. Peaceful presence, even <laughs> even just sitting here talking with you feels peaceful. So, two thousand nine was your first summer. You were there mm-hmm. half a summer. Two thousand ten, were you there the whole summer? I was, yeah. Okay, and then um, when when were you summer director? What year was that? Uh, Twenty thirteen would have been my first summer. Okay, so eleven and twelve, were you out there also? Yes. All so four summers. So four summers as a counselor. Okay. Um, summer twenty. 12, I would have been um, head male and serving as a counselor. Okay. And then uh, that was when Drew um, stepped down from the position, and then I took over in 2013. Okay, cool. That's awesome. So what what was that like? I mean, kind of going from the first summer, you're saying that it was really outside of your comfort zone the first four weeks. And, mm-hmm. and I, if I understood, you said you really didn't consider going back in 2011 until Drew, right, 2010, of, yeah, or 2010, that he tapped you on the shoulder and said, "Hey, come back out here." So, how did you end up, you know, becoming summer director and even agreeing to do that, or, or was there a desire? What? How did that happen? Uh, that's a good question. Um, hmm. I think through uh, just a lot of opportunities, not just at camp, but um, through Aggies for Christ and. Um, other opportunities to serve and, and, um, you know, I spent a few weeks in Cambodia on a mission trip. Really? Um, and I think those sorts of things just kind of got me more comfortable with, um, being in those kind of settings and, um, 
you know, being in an unfamiliar place. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, as I got more experience at Camp of the Hills, I think I definitely developed more and more of a passion for it and um, just heard enough stories from campers that, you know, kind of break your heart a little bit that, you know, you just really want to do whatever you can to help them and mm-hmm. um, make their life a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us about a time when a, another counselor or maybe one of the campers just really blessed you? And it could it could be, you know, maybe there was some specific difficulty that was going on camp or something that you were dealing with or, you know, mm-hmm. could be all sorts of things. You know, when you talk about uh, being blessed by campers and counselors, I think what really comes to mind, and, you know, there are so many campers and counselors um, that were definitely a blessing to me and a blessing to one another. And um, But I think my second summer as camp director, I, I was really encouraged by the counseling staff that we had. There were a lot of challenges that summer. Um, we were a little bit short-staffed and um, we didn't quite, you know, bring in as many counselors as we would have liked. Um, but the way that they really kind of met that challenge, um, or, or I guess I should say embraced that challenge, and, and even though they knew, you know, things would have been a lot easier on them if, if we had more counselors and all that, they really seemed to be willing to do whatever they could for one another to help everybody get through that summer and, and mm-hmm. make it the best summer possible for the campers. So um, just a few things that come to mind. Um, I remember there was one week in particular where we had a lot more boy campers than girl campers. So the guy counselors were really uh, stressed. Um, you know, we had in some cabins, I think we only had two counselors and maybe like 10 campers. And, you know, it was kind of uh, just one of those situations where they were having a really hard time making it through the week. And at meals, they would spend so much time serving the campers and making sure the campers were getting enough to eat. Some of them weren't actually eating themselves at, at certain meals. And um, what was really encouraging to me is that uh, some of the girl counselors noticed this and just kind of on their own started going over to the guy's side of the dining hall and um, just helping serve the boy campers so that the guy counselors could mm. have a moment of peace to kind of <laughs> eat the meal yeah. on their own. And, and that was just kind of a really cool thing to see, you know, especially since, you know, some of these cabins, you know, there are a bunch of rowdy boys and, and everything. Um, and just seeing the girl counselors kind of willingly go over there and serve these kids so that they could give the guy counselors a short little break. Yeah. It, was, it was really encouraging. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to be a pretty common theme amongst people we have interviewed so far. It's just kind of the brother sister relationship across the, the guy counselors and the girl counselors and how they were helping each other out. It seemed to be a pretty special kind of um, camaraderie that goes back and forth, those kind of stories. Yeah, definitely. Um, so throughout your, your time at camp, what do you, what do you feel like God taught you about himself? Well, that's a big question. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, you know, and, and maybe it's a little bit of a cliche, but uh, when we talk about the just unconditional love 
of God. Mm. Um, you know, I think I saw that uh, evident um, in so many of the people that worked at Camp of the Hills and the counselors and the volunteers um, and the nurses and, and just, um, you know, the CAs, all the people that were out there, you know, sacrificing their summer, sacrificing bigger paychecks. Mm. Um, the way that they were just out there to love. And, you know, it was almost like that was kind of their, their single focus and nothing was going to, you know, get in their way or, you know, uh, bring them off of that. Um, so no matter what challenges we faced, no matter um, what kind of uh, disrespect they may um, have shown towards them, um, you know, they were out there to love. And I think that taught me a lot about God's love for me and, and for all of us is just the way that um, no matter how many times we fail him or hurt him, that all he is is, is love. Yeah. One of the things that we has come up with a couple other people also and, and just continues to amaze me. I just keep thinking about it and it's amazing to me and it's also really exciting is that um, Drew was telling me this past summer that about about a fourth of the counselors were had been were previous campers. And I I just you know I asked Michael about that and um, talked to Aaron Payne about that and it's something that really really is interesting to me and exciting because I think about how camp continues to grow and build on those who came before, you know, mm -hmm. and just like the church and the kingdom. Um, I, I love thinking about that. I, like, I, I like thinking about how, because you were serving kids in 2009 and 2010, now some of those campers that you served way back then are now counselors this past summer and will be counselors next summer and serving kids and that that's that's god continuing to work in and through you from you know eight or nine years ago that's uh -huh. continuing to grow and bless the kingdom i just really think that's really neat um so i i don't not that there's necessarily a question but um just that that idea and, and thinking about camp being such a, a benefit and a blessing to people when you when you think about camp why do you think it is such a a benefit why is it what makes it such a blessing and a benefit to those campers and to the counselors that are out there i think what camp of the hills is in kind of the unique position to do is build a certain type of relationship between the campers and the counselors um, so when we think about um, the way other ministries and programs might be set up um, that serve the same demographic that Camp of the Hills serves, um, you have a lot of after-school programs and youth groups, um, and there's a lot that they can do um, that Camp of the Hills can't do because of the way that they're involved in the child's life for an entire school year and, and that sort of thing. Um, but what I think Camp of the Hills has going for it is um, the way that 
there's a certain um, sort of intimacy that can be built between the campers and the counselors when um, when the counselors are there serving them, you know, all day, mm-hmm. every day, even if it's just for a week. Yeah, you know, the campers. The last thing that happens before they go to bed is, you know, they have the counselors pray over them. And then the first thing that happens when they wake up the next morning is they have the counselors there, you know, greeting them good morning. And yeah. and there's a kind of intimacy that, that comes with that that mm. can't be, that, that you can't have in some of these other types of programs that serve this demographic. Yeah. And so I think um, when Camp of the Hills is able to lean into those relationships, um, you're able to build something that that really benefits the campers and the counselors um, and, and really, I guess, fosters these strong, uh, deep, intimate, godly relationships. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. I, I never thought about, about that opportunity that the, that the counselors have in that regard to foster those relationships. And it, and it makes... You know, when you see, I think back to campers that would come at the beginning of the week and they'd have these walls built up and cocky attitudes and mm-hmm. too cool and, you know, just barriers. And by the end of the week, those those walls are coming down and they're opening up and they're willing to listen and share and asking questions about the Bible and about God. And um, But that it takes takes a little bit of time, you know, but that you have that opportunity to to show them every day that you care about them. And um, it makes a difference. As a, as the director, what were, you know, the, the difficulties of being the director, the summer director, what were some of the difficulties that you, that you faced? I mean, I think the biggest challenge for me was recruiting. Um, and some of that just has to do with my personality. I'm maybe not as gifted in, in that area. Um, so I think that was a real challenge. Um, as far as what happens during the summer, um, I think being director, you're maybe more exposed to all of the heartbreaking stories that, um, that campers bring with them, uh, in a particular week. Um, and so I think it can be a little bit emotionally and even spiritually draining um, just hearing about uh, the kind of lives that some of these campers have had. Um, and, and I think that's, I think that was a little bit of a challenge for me. It was just kind of being hit with those almost on a daily basis. Yeah, the emotional kind of toll. Right. Yeah. Well, um, let's see. Um, what, what about just, do you have any really fond, like good memories? What's one of your fondest memories? Well, one story that comes to mind, um, and this may not sound like a fond memory at first, but um, one of the campers uh, that was actually involved in Aggie Hype that I had built up a pretty good relationship with for several years. 
um, was out at camp my first summer as director. Um, and the first night, she um, had a, a very small conflict with a, another camper um, that, uh, you know, wasn't, wasn't a major issue, but it was something we uh, wanted to kind of address and, and work with her um, to make sure things didn't escalate throughout the week. And um, she wasn't real responsive to that. And um, things kind of got real difficult um, as we were trying to work with her. And, and you know, I, I knew her pretty well and had a pretty good relationship with her. Um, so, you know, I really wanted to kind of be there to help her and, and get her uh, kind of to the other side of this so that we could go on and, and have a good week. Um, and that wasn't really the way things worked out. Um, we ended up uh, staying up till about 5.30 in the morning, um, talking with her and um, trying to settle her down. She'd, she'd get a little bit angry at times. And um, at one point, uh, she grabbed a um, curtain rod and uh, I think she might have broken a window and somewhere and all that. Um, she hit me with the curtain rod and, and all, all that was going on. This is your fond memory, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so um, we ended up having to uh, send her home that next morning. And I think, um, you know, I was really concerned about, you know, what this was going to do to our relationship because I felt like I had really built something uh, really strong with her over the over the previous probably five years um, and then uh, she came back the next summer and um, had some really great counselors in her cabin and um, was able to uh, I guess make make some jokes about that incident with with her counselors and uh, so one of her counselors came to me um, I guess Monday night, um, and was telling me that she heard this story about how I got hit in the head with a curtain rod and, <laughs> and all this. And, um, I think the way that she responded that next year, kind of, you know, laughing about it. And, um, I felt like I was kind of finally at peace with how that whole mm. ordeal took place the year before that knowing that, uh, you know, it was, it was something that, you know, she was able to laugh with her counselors about and not like in a, in a mean way, but just more of kind of like a, you know, yeah, that, yeah, that happened. Thinking and, back on how silly it was. Right. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, I really feel like we were able to throughout that week, um, in that second summer, um, you know, get to a place where I, you know, felt really good about our relationship again. So, wow. um, yeah, just the way that that kind of changed from one year to the next. Mm -hmm. I guess there's some fondness to to that memory in that second year. Yeah, sure. It makes me wonder what what it was that she learned from that. You know, she she must have learned something something valuable, something good. I mean, that she was able to, you know, and it sounds like in a mature way that she had processed and dealt with that difficulty of being sent home and had grown from it mm -hmm. rather than be angry and cynical and 
certain way that she came back to camp and was had moved on and learned something. It just makes me wonder, you know, I mean, to speculate what what did she learn from that? Being disciplined in love and care, it, what what that taught her, something very meaningful. You know, and I, I, I'm sure it even taught her about who God is, this God that you kept talking about, and Jesus that had to teach her something. So that's a, that is a very fond memory. That's good. <laughs> well, um, you know, like we said, this is part of, part of the um, campaign that we're doing, the 20 for 20 campaign for Camp of the Hills, trying to raise $100,000 in 48 hours. And so, um, you know, one of the things that we're, that we're doing to close out each, each podcast, each, each session, each interview is to just have a, a time of prayer. And so we're asking the, the interviewee, to lead that prayer. So if you, is that something you'd be willing to do? Just sure. lead us in prayer and praying for camp, praying for the counselors and the campers and the future of camp for Michael and Drew and their families and, and um, you know, how God will continue to bless people, campers and counselors both through Camp of the Hills over the next, another 20 years. Yeah. Maybe if I can just have a moment before we pray. Sure. Father God, we, we want to thank you for uh, just the tremendous blessing that Camp of the Hills has been um, to so many people um, over the past 20, however many years. Um, we just thank you for um, your work and, and your mission um, that, that takes place at Camp of the Hills. Um, we know that a lot of lives have been touched. Um, we know that uh, a lot of people have experienced your love um, at Camp of the Hills. Um, and we just thank you for um, blessing us with that place and that experience and uh, the people who um, have shown us your love. Uh, we want to pray for uh, the future of Camp of the Hills. We want to pray that you um, are actively working in the hearts of all the people who will be um, serving camp in the future, um, all the future counselors. Um, we just pray that you are at work in them to um, help them uh, grow closer to you and uh, be in a position to really um, develop strong, intimate, uh, godly relationships with the campers. Um, we thank you for, uh, the campers that you will send camps way, um, in the future and in the, the tremendous blessing that they'll be to, uh, that community. Um, we just pray that you uh, continue to be at work in Camp of the Hills, um, and continue to, uh, be at work in all the people involved to, uh, give a glimpse of um, a better way of life. And it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. 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 Paul, thank you so much, man. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Camp of the Hills 20 for 20 podcast. For more information about this amazing 48-hour fundraising event, please go to 20-for20.com. That's 20for20.com. 